Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Photographic Collective podcast. My name is Miles with Boyer. Uh, you guys, this is going to be a different kind of episode. I've been saying that a lot lately. Uh, if you've been listening over the last few uh, episodes and maybe as much as like the last half season, I think you've heard this podcast mature, uh, probably right alongside me. And the reason for that is because I, I always wanted it to become something larger uh, than just an interview engine. I wanted it to be something that resonated with artists, uh, that spoke to mindset, that inspired and created room for people with good ideas to just show up and share those ideas. And today is one of those episodes. Uh, so if you've, if you've read the show notes or even the, the show description anywhere, you're going to realize that today is going to be a little uncomfortable for me because uh, today I get to be interviewed. And let me preface all of this by saying um, there's very few people that I would feel like really comfortable being on the other end of a mic from and having no idea what they're going to ask me. Let me say, by the way, the irony in the fact that that is exactly what I ask our guests to do all the time. But as I said, this is a maturation for me. It's me growing up and learning how to do how to do what I ask other people to do sometimes. And so uh, if you've listened back all the way through the, uh, the first season, you, you may remember a good friend of mine. His name's Dave Kovacs. He's this brilliant creative photographer that works right alongside his gorgeous and talented wife uh, in Michigan. And Dave and I got to be friends uh, through PhotoCo as well as through an opportunity to shoot together uh, in New Jersey a couple of years ago. And he approached me and simply said, something that terrified me. He said, who's gonna interview you? So we, we don't hear enough from you, Miles. And so I said, uh, I, I tried to be you know, passive and, and push that idea off, but then I thought it actually, this might be a good idea. Uh, so here we are, I'm in the hot seat today. Uh, I'm gonna try and eloquently and somehow articulately get across answers to his questions. And, uh, and first I'm just gonna introduce him and let him kind of take the reins here. So. Dave, dude, thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks for keeping me uncomfortable when I need to be. Uh, it's uh, it's all yours, Miles. It's uh, excellent to be on again. Uh, every single time I'm on, I enjoy it. Uh, a beautiful introduction. Uh, again, you have a way of uh, putting me on the spot as well. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for having me on before. Thank you for all the good episodes you've done up to this point. And hopefully this one will be uh, will be right up there with them. Um, yeah, like you said, Miles, and I'll, I'll just kind of reiterate briefly is the idea was we hear from you and, and wonderful guests all the time. And uh, one time I was just driving and I heard an episode, a solo episode. It was a shorter one. Uh, it was the importance of taking care of yourself, right? You had talked about how we should be taking care of ourselves as creators and, you know, mentally, physically, and so on. And I thought, man, I really like these solo episodes. Um, I like where Miles just kind of goes off on these these topics that we're all thinking about, but he just has a way of putting in them into 20 and 30 minute bursts that are really useful. So I thought to myself, well, I think there's some things that people might want to know about Miles that they, they don't, right? Um, you're always putting yourself out there in, in the Photoco group. And that that's another thing that got me going is like, he's always putting himself out there, not necessarily photo related, just talk about wins, talk about losses, uh, life family stuff. And, uh, and I thought this might be a good opportunity. So thank you for allowing me to do that. And I think the, uh, the listeners will find it, uh, entertaining and, and you'll bless their ears with good stuff. So, so thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for taking some time, man. Man, the pressure is officially so on. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll start by, by saying this. I, I want to start recent as, as if we, we just hugged it out and, and, and saw each other after a while. Uh, what has Miles Whitboyer been up to lately? Um, we know you were at a, a convention. Uh, you, were, you had some speaking engagements. You also connected with some of the Photoco community in person. And I definitely want to know about that. But what has the past, I guess, week and a half been like for you? And I know by the time this uh, recording will be, will be out there, um, it'll be a little bit more time. But what has life photography from a photography perspective been like for you lately? Man, I uh, l- let me just be blunt enough to say I can't wipe the smile off my face lately, um, and and that's just true. I, I think you know half our listeners are probably already like, okay, we'll exit this. You know, like I can't handle Miles being chronically positive for an hour, um, and and so y'all, I'm just, my apologies. I I try to not be like a cynical, sarcastic person just in general, but uh, right now my life. There's just no room for it. Like things are just really good, Dave. Um, so uh, let's see. This last week, I had the opportunity, uh, sincere honor, really, to to be asked to um, to keynote at a conference that's kind of near and dear to to my heart. Uh, there's there's a company called Bedford Camera. They're like the largest, I think, the oldest family-owned camera retailer in this in the country. Um, just a cool, vibey retailer that I have partnered with. I've been right alongside. Uh, since the very beginning of my career. Uh, so much so that, like, listeners, this isn't an ad break, but you guys can absolutely get a discount on everything at bedfords.com by just typing in MWB. Literally, that's, that's how long we've worked together, before Photoco, before I even really had a brand. And, uh, and so they, they host this great expo every year uh, where photographers from, like, all over the Midwest get together and just talk and daydream and, and go on walks together mm-hmm. and just uh, just build community. And this year I got to keynote it, Dave. And it was pretty. It was a pretty special situation because I was keynoting this, not talking about the latest gear or the latest lighting technique uh, or what fads are coming. I was keynoting it uh, a two-hour presentation called "Pursuing Purpose." And yeah, and um, you you put those you put those slides out there to to the Photoco community. Um, and you were kind enough to send me part of it as well and looking through it. And what I even said to my wife, I, I said, hey, he's going to speak at this conference and he's, these guys are going to be blown away because there's not one talk about an 85 millimeter lens or this lighting or this. There was none of that. It was just straight heart talk. Um, I'm curious how that went over, Miles. So you, I don't know in the end how many slides you had. You said it was two hours. How did that feel? Man, and what was the take? Because I know you're, I know you're eyeing the audience and you're reading the crowd, right? How did that feel? Oh, it felt cool. It felt cool. I mean, I listen. You never feel more vulnerable uh, than you do sitting up on top of a, a platform stage. And let me like reiterate and 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 just remind everybody in here speaking, or I'm sorry, listening that. You know, when you hear a speaker up on stage, or you see these people that you know, especially maybe especially in the in the photo industry. Often we build these people up, right? These like larger than life people that end up on these stages. And then they have these beautifully curated presentations built and and uh, and it shows their work and, and they've got the timing down and they're articulate and they're charming. And we forget how terrified they are. Mm-hmm. And, and just build that like exponentially for me this last week because I was up there and I, 
And I realized it wasn't that different than me uh, doing the uh, the superhuman workshop, right? Where I, I felt like I had to actually give the the early disclaimer that said like, hey, everybody, I am just also an artist pursuing purpose. Like right. I am also a person trying to humanize my clients, trying to better understand the world around me, doing my very best to wander through the weeds of social media and marketing to to make sure that I close every deal and that I'm proud of myself to play with my kids on Sundays. You know, like there, <laughs> right. there has to be there has to be balance and that balance has to start with humility. And at first, I will say before I was able to get those sentences out, I had some pretty skeptical eyes in the crowd. Like I had some people mm. that were that were pretty quick to sit back and say like, all right, who is this guy and how is he going to teach me to be successful in two hours? And I got done with those sentences and I, I saw the same look kind of wash through the crowd and it was just a soft smile. It was almost refreshing to be in the room. Everybody just wow. sort of sat back and said like, oof, finally. Yeah. Like finally somebody that's willing to just like be honest, be real. So I jumped off the stage. I sat down on the front of the stage for a few minutes and I just sort of got to know people and, and, and yeah. you know, told a little bit of my story. And from that point on, man, I, I'll say this as humbly as I can. Man, I had them hooked. We were we were in it together. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So so that's the thing. So I I love. I know you said that humbly because I know you. But I, I that's what I wanted to hear. That was my next question. Were, were they hooked? Were they drawn in? Did you sense that? Did you see the nodding heads as as you were talking? Did you see the eyes kind of open up in a good way, um, from photographers and and just guests, young and old? Did did you feel that? Yeah, especially there was a, there was a couple of slides in there that were talking about redefining uh, success, and the, the the goal of those slides was to essentially say like we can't start with the end in mind as creatives. It's not like a healthy way to live, to where you make every decision based on your exit strategy, um, and so you know you don't have to know where the finish line is to take a step in the right direction. Wow, and, and that's that's contrary to everything you hear, though, because in 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 the business, a lot of the business world, I'd say, I had a great manager who always said, "Start with the end in mind and 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 work using that," right? But I agree in the photography space. Let's say you're a wedding photographer, for example, in this case, that's kind of difficult to do, isn't it? It's it's almost impossible because it almost seems like you're rushing towards the end. You're rushing your way out of it. You're already thinking your exit plan, but I got a wedding on Saturday, so, right? So, so how, talk, talk me through that. So how do you not do that? Um, and how do you not make that a focal point of your presentation? Because that's what we've been told for so long. Start with the end in mind, right? Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I don't think that this is like earth, earth-shatteringly new ways to look at life. I think it's a, a refreshing, a, a, a chance for people to like give themselves a break. And, and so it's a microcosm of like much larger issues in our, in our cultures and in our mindsets. Um, you know, think through, uh, let's, let's use your wedding this weekend as an example. Think through how flawed you would be as an artist if before the bride walks down the aisle, assuming that there's a bride, uh, but before your client walks down the aisle, um, you are already daydreaming about that sparkler exit at 11 o'clock. <laughs> right. 
it, it's not healthy. It, it pulls no. you out of the present. It makes your work uh, sloppy and, and unorganized. And more than that, it makes the client experience feel as though you are already on to the next client before you've pleased your current client. Right. And, and if that, like, if we can agree on that, just as a generality, we can agree, like, you know what? There's some times where it's better to be present than to be focused on where you're headed then why can't we agree from a business perspective that sometimes there's some things that are out of our control and they can't derail us as long as we're willing to take like one step at a time. But when your entire, when your entire life goal is to have 100,000 Instagram followers and they change the algorithm, well, you, it's, out, it's out of your control. It's done. Right. But if all you were doing the whole time was just releasing content that you were proud of to an audience you hoped saw it, well, then nothing is undone. You just have to adjust the trajectory and keep moving forward. Yeah. Kind of like you always say, just uh, in the wedding space, be a professional, right? You, uh, you adjust. You talked once about, well, you're, if you're driving in your car and the lens falls out of the back of your truck or something, right? Or, or an open Jeep door, what do you do? Simple. You put on another lens and you keep going. Uh, and you worry about that lens later. But <laughs> so I, I love hearing that, man. So I will say, so you got to, a chance to meet some of the, the Photoco community, which I'm, I'm sure it was the fr- I, I have to bring that up. And I, I, I'm confident that those those fine people will be listening. Um, what was that like? Because you had been connected on in the Photoco community for some time, a lot of back and forth. Some of them were part of Superhuman. Um, how was that, and, and what did that feel like? Was it what was it like for you? And I'm, I'm sure I've I've heard a little bit of what it was like for them. I know you guys did a photo walk. T- walk me through that. What was it like meeting the people that are just names and faces online, and now you got to see them in real life? Man, you know those moments in life where you just realize that um, you've you've built something that was worth building. Yeah, I, I don't even know how else to say that. Like. I'm just such a tangible person. I love, I'm just very tactile. And that's how I learn. Um, It's always been my style of learning photography has been like, you know, if I I can't try it, then I have a hard time visualizing it. And so we've built this community, this whole photo co community um, sort of out of thin air. And it's been this amazing experience, uh, but also this exercise in and how much fortitude do I have to show up is somewhat in the hypothetical every day <laughs> and just believe that like the people that are on the other end of the keyboards um, are responding with authenticity and, and that this is worthwhile for them and et cetera, et cetera. Well, so this last weekend was the first chance that I've had to be at a conference where we actually had like a small community of Photoco members there. Yeah. And a few of them came as humbly as this is, a few of them came simply to just be in my classes. Oh, come and, on. Uh, and, <laughs> oh, man. It was like, it was mind-blowing to sit there um, and, and put faces to names and hear the voices and, and then get you know, content back, people tagging me and sharing that it was just meaningful to them and that they'd been waiting so long for this. It was so, so powerful. But Again, I'll say it this way, um, not powerful in a like edifying myself or like stroking my own ego type of way. It was powerful in the sense that I got to see something firsthand that I needed for the affirmation of how hard all this has been. What I got to see was immediately after my talk 
both my photo walk and, and my keynote presentation, something really special happened. For the most part, everybody kind of scattered, right? A couple hundred people in the room at one time. And I, you know, tell everybody, hey, that's it. And we wrap up some Q&A and there was some applause. And then a few people stuck around to ask questions and hang out. But for the most part, everybody scattered. Right. But in both situations, both the photo walk and uh, in my keynote presentation, I looked over and there was just this little group of people that had found each other and they were, none of them were going anywhere. <laughs> and, and they just yeah. sat and chatted. And it, I was so exhausted, Dave. I can't even begin to tell you how tired I was after a two hour presentation <laughs> to a couple hundred people. Like sure. so emotionally exhausted. All I could do was just stumble over there and tell them all like, gosh, I just love what I'm seeing. Like, I just, yeah. like you guys are doing so great. And Derek Couts looks at me and he goes, man, go home. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, that. what? And he goes, you've done enough. Like you've done enough. Hey, yeah. we're all going to go get coffee. We're going to go hang out, but you need to go home. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, community is happening and it doesn't need me. And, and yeah. that's been the goal of this whole thing. Like, so yeah, I went home. I went home and played and with my kids. That was it. And that's because that's because he, D- Derek, Derek's a good guy. And that's because he probably all all of he's probably that person anyway. But he also knows how you think, how you are, how you value family. And even after pouring into everyone, it's it can be a, it can be exhausting mentally and physically. Absolutely, it's not like you prepped the night before. You still had to physically go and prep and uh, mentally prepare. So that just speaks to the quality of the people in that group and how they get it, right? It was, it was cool. I mean, it was, there was no, like everybody that's listening to this, please just like hear my heart in this. There was no like weird fangirl moments. <laughs> like I, I never, I never had this moment where it was like I made eye contact with somebody and they said, oh my God, do you know who you are, right? It was never, uh, by the way, I'm not, I'm not well known enough for that type of thing to happen anyway. But like, there was none of that. It was just people that were showing up that were saying like, hey, this is just an extension of what we've all been learning anyway. But you and, know, and, and you know a little bit that that did, and maybe they didn't externalize it, but they did internalize it because let's just say it, it was kind of cool to see the person who's kind of pushing this community and pouring into it. For a lot of them, it probably was the first time meeting you. Uh, so let's be yeah, real. That's, that's kind of, of a cool yeah. thing, right? I mean, that's kind of a... a meaningful thing for them. They, they probably didn't say it because they didn't want to put you on the spot, but I'm sure it happened, right? You felt it a little bit, right? Oh. I'm great. Uh, I'll just, I'm grateful that they didn't say it. How about <laughs> I don't know how I would have handled it. I don't, I don't accept compliments super well, Dave, but side, I, side note, did you, did you, have you had that moment in your career where you, you ran into that creative or, um, I won't say famous person. I'm not going to say like an actor. That's, I don't even know that you mm-hmm. would do that where you, you had your own version of that where you met someone that you truly admire or, or, or no, if, if you, that's, a, that's an answer too. No is an answer as well. Or do you just, is it all the same for you? No, I, yeah, I have absolutely had not, I mean, keep in mind, I've shot some, you know, some pretty large scale, like, you know, some celebrity weddings and, and quite a bit of like, you know, kind of known people events. Sure. Right. And so I've been around, I've been around, uh, names and faces of, a fairly well-known people for a long time. And I've always just been in the wings. Like, I've always been the, you know, like part of the entourage. Um, <laughs> and so I don't get, uh, I don't get starstruck uh, real easily because I'm more often than not, what I actually am is most fascinated in like, does this person have a good friend? Mm. And not necessarily that I want to be that person. Sure. But like, what does it feel like to be like an A-list celebrity and, 
and like you're perpetually pounded. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, does, is there anybody in here that's just like opening the door for this person and saying like, Hey, hope you have a good day. Right. Like, and that's sort of always been my take on it. Yeah. Um, but that being said, yes. I mean, there has been a few times, you know what? There's been a few times on this podcast. I mean, I'll say it, man. Like, Oh man. Like uh, <laughs> the moment that Jonas Peterson logged in, he goes, Hey miles. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Uh, do you know who you are? But I didn't say it. Yeah, I like yeah. swallowed it. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Joe Bro. I, I didn't actually call him that. And if he listens to this, now I'm really embarrassed. I'm like bright red. We're not releasing the audio of this moment. And also, uh, I didn't, I wouldn't call him that. But anyway, like moments like that have been, have been, you know, yeah. have been paramount. But That's awesome. Um, often I'm, I'm almost more starstruck by getting to know the people that are making the decisions. You know, like uh, you've heard me say the name before, but but a lot of people on this podcast may not have, but I get to call Victor Ha a good friend of mine. Right. And, you know, Victor is like- Crazy talented. From, from being, yeah, well, and I mean, his decisions, because he's, you know, like the VP now at Fujifilm, like his decisions are, are influencing the entire industry from the inside mm. out. Um, it's it's people like that that I'm blown away by. It's you know not not just the talent, but it's like the people that inform the talent. Yeah. That stuff is the pressure there is incredible. When you when you're around all these people at, at the the uh, event you were just at, I mean, what did you find? Was it the the common thread that connected everyone? Obviously, the love of cameras, the love of photography. I mean, that's maybe the the, the people that were there that that came from, from the photo community, photo co community that knew you but what what did you find was a common thread and i'm sure there was a younger crowd older crowd and everyone in between right um what did you find was the common thread that stood out to you the most that united everyone was it one thing in particular was it just curiosity was it being vulnerable was it what what was it yeah so across the photoco people hands down there was this sort of curious energy and a lot of talk about psychology. Oof. And that's how I knew I was like, man, we're we're right in the right, we're in right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Because there's these people that are curious about creativity, but that curiosity is falling into the place of like, hey, how do I better understand the people on the other side of my camera? Yeah. And the conversations then that were happening were so deep because those were the that was what I was there to talk about the the whole photo walk was was this idea of like couples posing from a psychological perspective like what is it that his balance her balance weight distributions Mm. fingertip pressure eye contact moments you know subconscious communication what is it that we are missing when we when we just hold the camera too close Mm. and uh, and watching people kind of soak that up is really really cool but across the board you know what I'm what I realized is that the the uh, the conference community has shifted a lot since COVID. Mm. Um, in what and, way? Because I've been I've been in my share of conferences, but not photo related. More when I was in okay. the automotive industry. More and and gosh, I, even those have shifted from what I've heard and read. But h- how have they shifted? Have they have they thinned out the people who are not as into it? Have they? Have they refocused what really matters? Because, I mean, that's the thing that's come out of COVID. Like, weddings feel like they're more intentional now. Um, events mm-hmm. feel like they're more purposeful. We're more focused on the people side of it. Um, h- how, have the, how have they changed? Man, uh, I have been to so many conferences where you, you feel like you are... Uh, the only way I know how to explain it is this. Uh, we live not too far from a lake. 
that uh, that sometimes we will go out on like you know call it maybe like Fourth of July, right? Mm-hmm. We'll go out and we'll watch fireworks or fireworks from the boat. And you go out there before the sun sets, right? And everybody kind of floats out. You can sort of see all the boats. And, uh, and everybody's kind of floating around and waving to each other. And there's sort of like this nervous anticipation and everybody's hanging out and there's, there's just music and the boats are fun and everybody thinks cool. And then it gets dark and everything starts to get kind of quiet and sort of chill. And then the fireworks happen and everybody cheers and like there's like this big release of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what comes next is how I have felt about the photo conference industry for a long time. Everybody has to get back to their boat dock in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's sort of this like anxiety of the fact that you kind of can see where you're going but you kind of can't see where you're going and you're afraid you're going to accidentally bump into somebody so you're prepared to be kind but also prepared to kind of be a jerk about it right and that has been the vibe for like years has been just like ships passing in the night and and uh and lately i will say since since COVID really died down since the pandemic or at least quarantines kind of died down. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are there to make connections. Yeah. Like people just miss, people just miss people. Yeah. And so it's really cool to see because, you know, everybody's walking into the courses. Everybody's like there to learn and and there to buy new equipment. And of course, we're there realistically as speakers to help encourage them to also buy equipment. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a that's sort of an unspoken part of this role. Sure, but the, sure. the reality is like some of the good stuff now isn't happening in the platform rooms. It's happening in the hallway right before it. Yeah. And and that's cool to watch. There's a renewed sense of that at, uh, at cocktail hour on wedding days, right? Um, people, brides and grooms mm-hmm. are like, yeah, I, Dave, can we get some time with the, our guests? And, and, and we're going to sit here and say no. It's like, no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to get time. We're going to build that in. Um, so it's like a giant cocktail hour where people actually want to be there and they're not in a rush to go to dinner, but rather they just want to connect. Um, that's actually, yeah, that's actually really fun, cool. It was a fun thing to watch. Can I ask just from... I, I also will say... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. No, no. I, I was well, gonna, I was, was going to say, I also will say that there is, there is something kind of special happening. And I don't know if this is just me like, you know, like patting myself on the back, but everybody sat up front. Mm. That was cool. Because you know how that um, is. You know, we, we're in a large conference room. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody everybody was like not fighting for space, but like everybody was quick to compress and they were right on top of me. Mm. Uh, and that was that was pretty, pretty cool. I don't know what that's. I haven't really like dug into that yet, um, but I'm but it was a happy, a happy moment to sit there and see eye contact from a lot of people that were just right there. Yeah. That was cool. I really like, I really like hearing that. That's amazing. Cause you know how it is at, at, at weddings and church services at a lot of events where there's a lot of people in one room, people look for a spot in the back and then you see the gaps in the middle and you're like, Hey guys, come closer. You know, you might have to encourage them or coax them. So to hear that, that means at a minimum, they knew something of value was, was could potentially happen there. So that's, that's really good. So you mentioned that part of it is the gear talk and stuff, which you're never big on, but, but you are, you know, you are a Fujifilm X creative and stuff. Did, did, did you find that there was something gear related? So we'll talk gear just a little bit at this place that, that people were clamoring for chatting about. Um, it could be Fujifilm. It could be anything like what were people drawn to? Did you find that anything stood out? I, I myself, for example, I just ordered the, uh, XHS2, XJ2S. Uh, which is on back order until probably I pass away. 
Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, that was for one for me when it came out. I'm like, I, I think I need this in, as part of my kit, so so it'll be here eventually. Was there something that stood out for you, whether it's Fujifilm or some other brand? I mean, what what stood out? Man, there was a lot of things that were that were pretty cool. The the trade trade show floor was really neat. Um, I had a I had a really kind of fun moment in my in my platform talk where I kind of reminded people something, and it was supposed to be a joke. I mean, I I, I, tr- I truly believe what I said, but it was supposed to be sort of tongue in cheek. And to see people's reactions, it was nice to see people sort of like uh, really really agree with me. Um, but a lot of people were buying printers. Wow. And, and that kind of surprised me, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I kind of made this joke to people that was like, hey, you know, you don't get to call yourself an artist until you get to hold your art. Oof. Like, you know, your, your, your ones and zeros that are covered up by like, you know, cat memes and screenshots, mm-hmm. um, those, those are cute. Those are, those are cute, you know, pictures, I guess. And, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But if you've got a 103 megapixel camera so that you can impress people on your iPhone, you've got priority problems. Um, you know, but but if you're if you're utilizing that technology to to increase the just beauty on your walls and your clients' walls, well then like like get after it. And so I kind of told everybody it was sort of a joke. Um, a couple of the Bedford's guys had told me, you know, hey, can you help us sell some printers? Yeah. We don't want to put them back in the truck. <laughs> and so I sort of made this joke. Where I was like, okay, so get out of here and go next door and buy printers. And I was blown away. People were actually doing it. That, that made me happy to see like the tangible isn't dead. That's a really special thing to watch. But I will tell you, uh, as it pertains to that, uh, that the camera you were just talking about, the X-H2S, it was really exciting to watch. You know, I, I carry the GFX systems, the medium format systems. And, uh, and for years now, I've had to go back and forth between trying to educate people on like why a crop censored camera isn't a bad thing. Right. You know, like APS-C isn't bad. <laughs> That's just marketing. Stop being a sucker. <laughs> Uh, and it was funny to me to be able to go around. Listen, this is this is not a like a sponsored podcast by Fujifilm. I clearly am sponsored by <laughs> Fujifilm, but I'm allowed to have an opinion yeah. all over the board. And it was cool to walk around and see. You know what? Uh, Canon now has an APS-C camera. Nikon has an APS-C camera. Like it was funny to watch like all these sort of barriers falling down from a marketing perspective, and then people wandering over and saying like, what is it that's so special about that XH2S? Yeah. And, uh, and of course I was able to sort of pass them delicately into Jackie's hands. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, uh, that, man, there's just a lot of buzz going on from a tech perspective about everything yeah. right now. I, I got to see, uh, you know, as it pertains to this podcast, man, I got to mix with this new, or play with this new, uh, this new mixer mm. um, from Rode. Holy cow, my voice has never sounded that cool. Wow. I actually am like hating this right now because <laughs> I didn't buy that microphone. Uh, and so I think I'm going to switch over everything to Rode and, and get this like really cool system that they have for yeah. podcasting. So wow. yeah, it was just, it was just cool, man. All Very the way around. Cool. We drank good coffee. Uh, we drank great beer. That's awesome. Um, we high-fived and hung out with good people. It was really I special. I love that. I love that. I, I love hearing that, man. That's, that's very encouraging. I, I wanted to switch gears a little. So I know there's, you know, you, you have a, you have this podcast, um, Lots of listeners, lots of episodes, and, and and all of them have been great thus far. I'm I'm sure there's a, a, at a minimum of maybe a handful or so of podcasts that that you listen to uh, as well, or at least you check in on, or, or might might inspire you or encourage you or something. 
there was one that I, I listened to recently about luxury wedding photography. And I'm not, I'm not shifting the conversation to wedding photography, but I do want to get your thoughts on one thing. And they were talking about what, what is that? Because we hear the term all the time, luxury wedding photography. And I, I'll tell you why I'm getting what, what I'm getting at in, in a second. And, and this guest, you know, they, they gave their definition, their take on it, um, on what that is. Uh, and I'll say this, it was a, it was a dollar amount. So it was basically anything that's six figures and up, obviously. Um, but, but not like a hundred thousand, we're talking about like maybe three to 400,000 and up. Um, obviously if it's in the millions, that's clearly that, you know, what, what would the cost for photography be in, in a luxury wedding, right? What would that be? Would it be, you know, it's not 2000, it's, you know, they made it sound like it was more upwards of 13, 14, 15,000. Fine. Agree to disagree or, or maybe that's spot on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that stood out that this guest said, and I want to get your take on this, is like at that point, at that price point, you're not dealing with the clients. Anymore. You're not dealing with the, 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 the couple anymore. You're only dealing with planners, 100%. And you might not even meet the couple until two minutes before you take their photo, right? So here's my, so that was a long lead in into this. You're all about people, man. That's how I've known you since day one, right? What, when I, when I was driving and listening to that, I literally said out loud alone in my car, oof, I would never want that. I, I, I mean, I know there's a big price tag associated with it and it could lead to a lot, a lot of money, a lot of notoriety. How does any of that sound to you? Knowing, cause I know you and we've talked money and we've talked weddings before and I had to get your take on that. Um, what are your thoughts on that, good and bad, or just honest, like your first instinct? I say, Miles, I booked a wedding for you, but you're gonna meet Tom and Sarah or whoever five minutes before the wedding. Just send me your numbers and you're just, a, you just press a button. Just know your, know your role, Miles. How would you feel about that? And how would you feel if that's all you did? Um, because I know you're all about people, man. And I, I have to ask that, because I was like, you know, if I'm, I'm going to talk to Miles in a few days, I, this is something I'm just going to spring on him. Whether he heard this episode from, from this podcast or not, I got to get his take on removing the relationship aspect out of wedding photography. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, let me preface by saying that was a great episode from a great podcast. Yes, uh, and you know what I'm talking about. I, I said, yeah, I do. I sat down and I took a lot yeah. of notes during that podcast because you're right, I, I did disagree with a lot, but I, I took a... I took a few minutes to think through. First, I got a little defensive when I was listening to it because I was like, man, I shoot those <laughs> weddings. Like, I am that luxury wedding photographer. That's, that's why I had um, to ask. Yeah, and so I was, I was a little uh, back on my heels at first. And then I realized, I was thinking to myself, like, why am I feeling defensive? And so I kind of slowed down, mm-hmm. re-listened to it. Like, okay, I want to get to the heart of this whole thing. And, uh, and I, I want to point out to you that a big portion, a big, a big part of the, uh, the purpose of that particular episode was the idea of breaking into the luxury okay. wedding photography market, and the idea of there there being gatekeepers, uh, which is the term that they used over and over again, right? And the gatekeepers to that market often are the wedding planners. They're the people that are curating and helping to, um, uh, let's say, cool down some of the noise so that these couples that can afford a truly, uh, you know, tailored day are only working with uh, vendors who can can hold that level of expertise. Um, I think that would be a fair assertion. Yes. So, so here's what I'll say. My definition of, of luxury wedding photography may be a little different than that photographer's. And 
one of the reasons why is because I live in middle America, which was conveniently and sort of ironically something that they like intentionally left out, right? So it's like they, you know, when you're working on the coasts and it was like almost there isn't luxury weddings in the middle. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay, okay, sure. But so, you, anyway, so you noticed that as well. You noticed that as well. Yeah, and it, there was sort of a, there's there's sort of a, um, a, a just sort of an, I'm not going to use the word ignorance, maybe a naivety to that whole thing. But regardless, my definition of luxury wedding photography would be along the lines of where they started, which was this idea of everything gets customized. Everything gets tailored. Like the client can afford to tailor the linens. They can afford to to have, um, you know, a personalized dance floor. They can afford to have a unique lighting situation that is done just for them, just for that room by a lighting professional. Um, But I will take this as one step further by saying a great luxury wedding photographer, not all luxury wedding photographers, but a great luxury wedding photographer becomes a separate iteration completely from the other vendors. And they become one of those things that is tailored. Mm. So I am the, the linen. I am the lighting kit. I am the, the four-course dinner and the wine list. I am something that that couple can afford to be very picky about. And when you look at yourself through that lens, you have to have a relationship with these people in order to make sure that your approach and your experience is just as tailored as the rest of the wedding is. So right. I work with those gatekeepers a lot, but that's sort of my pitch back to them often is to say, you know, hey, let's go ahead and get it booked. If you think I'm a good fit, I'm confident in being a good fit. Let's go right. ahead and get it booked. Let's get the business stuff out of the way. However, I can't do the job uh, mm-hmm. that I'm promising that I'm going to do unless I have access to these people on a personal level. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that 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 looks different for every couple, uh, but you know, it's, it is a big part of our role in the luxury industry to provide a luxury service, not just a luxury product. And, uh, and the quality of my product is completely and totally hinging on the quality of my service. So I have to be able to do both. Right. Yeah, that's one thing that I, t- I took away from it too is uh, I, I, I thought, man, I, I thought he, you, you might say something like that where, yeah, I, I, I'll do this, but give me a chance to connect with them a little bit. Throw, throw me a bone, right? Let me, let me talk to them at a human level um, because I thought there, was some, there were some things that were left out. And I think it was by design too. Um, but I had to get your take on that. I had to get your take on that. Can you talk me through an experience that may be similar, you know, that is connected to that where it was one of those weddings? I mean, the, the Jersey wedding that, that we shot together almost doesn't count because they loved you as a friend. They didn't, they didn't, yeah. it wasn't like that, right? You could make yeah, but I didn't know them that. prior. Right, I didn't know them right, prior. But, My only relationship was, was via wedding planning. Right, right. Um, can you talk me through an experience like that where it was just... You knew it would be good, but it ended up being beyond good. It ended up being great, where maybe it led to more business and so on. And what, the reason I'm asking that is I, I would, I'd say this. I, I've, I shot a wedding um, this past past few days with a good friend of mine, um, you know, a friend of ours, I would say, Brian Manier, and he used to do, um, you know, weddings in the past, and, and uh, he's more of a landscape photographer, also a Fujifilm guy. Uh, and we were talking about this. We were talking about, like, the human element of weddings and kind of how he missed it and bringing them out of retirement. We were joking. And, but can you talk me through this where, where maybe it was one of those high-end weddings and why it worked, right? Obviously, you were able to connect with their vision 
But, um, you know, because I, I know a lot of people want to skip all the, maybe the more normal weddings, if you will, and they want to jump right to that. But really, what's the key there? What's the key to do that, right? Because it, it's got to be the human side of it, right? Yeah, uh, man, I, I am like flooded with, with names of, and just faces of guests that would qualify for, to answer this, this question. Um, you know, the first one that comes to mind <laughs> is, is, you know, I think maybe to answer this from a fair perspective, I need to step outside of planners that I know well, right? Like I, I know Amanda Reed well and she trusts my process. So even when she has a million dollar wedding, yeah. she understands that like she needs to hand them to me. Um, the same thing with like, uh, you know, the true event girls in, in, uh, outside of New York. And, but I, the first wedding that I ever did with, um, with Christina Verger, uh, who is like a, a very well-known, very affluent wedding planner, kind of all over the world, uh, primarily, I think in, in Italy and sort of the New York area. And the, the first time that I interacted with her actually at all, um, was sort of an odd conversation she called me about a wedding that I had already booked. Um, the, this couple had reached out to me. They found some of my work. They fell in love with it. The, the groom is a well-known um, producer and, uh, and movie director. The bride is, uh, is an actress and just well-known people. And they had found my work via Instagram and had decided that they wanted me to be there completely based on the aesthetics. So what they did was they went ahead and just reached out and booked uh, a contract almost like carte blanche, just to sort of say, hey, whatever it takes, let's just go for it. We'll get to know you later. Um, I, I just love the vibe with them so much. I love the energy that it hadn't occurred to me that they had already hired other wedding vendors that might not be uh, quite as excited to work with somebody that they didn't know. So I get on the, on the phone with, uh, with Christina and she quickly informs me that she was very uncomfortable with the fact that this couple had hired me and she'd never even heard of me. And, <laughs> and that's not a knock on her, actually, because as I said, these people are the gatekeepers, right? Yeah. So Christina's job is to make sure that this entire three-day-long event, uh, hyper-luxury event that is being hosted all over the Twin Farms area at private estates in Vermont that all of this is gonna go off without a hitch. And it's very rural and a lot of people are helicoptering in and it, there is just an incredible amount of logistical risk here. And here I am, a, a guy from Arkansas that's like you know, coming in with a Southern accent and, um, and a big dumb smile. And, and I was just completely out of her comfort zone, you know, working, working with a photographer that's like outspoken about the fact that like, I wanna shoot with a camera in one hand and a whiskey in the other. And I want to laugh and have fun with my clients. And this was like, this was a risk on risk on risk. But I, I'll tell you this, the, the, the situation shifted rapidly for me where I could have become defensive about my process. I could have become, um, you know, sort of self-entitled about the fact that like, this isn't my first rodeo. Right. Um, or I could have done what I did, was, which was to get on the other phone, side of the phone with her and, and realize that, this is a woman with an incredible amount of experience and probably a number of professional heartbreaks along the way with photographers sure. that didn't hold up their side of the bargain. And mm. so we got to be good friends. We, we chatted back and forth. I invested as much time as she was willing to let me invest into building confidence for her. Right. And, uh, and man, when we showed up, um, you know, there was some definite hiccups. We were out in the middle of like nowhere in Vermont and 
you know, extreme luxury wedding in a rural area is a is a unique set of um, uh, of you know processes to jump through. But she became my uh, my connection, like where I was grounded, where I knew I could rely on her to help me and to you know to to help slow logistics or speed logistics and and just make things happen. And it and it was a beautiful relationship. And, and to this day, we've we've maintained a great friendship. But then she also was able to connect me with other just beautiful industry people. Um, you know, a guy named Robert Ormond. Everybody knows who Grace Ormond is, right? Well, her brother owns this incredible lighting company in New York. Um, mm. And, uh, and you know, yeah, had the opportunity to do some great work with him. The band, the, like, everything from, from the moment that you work with one of these gatekeepers uh, down, it, it snowballs pretty quickly. And so, yeah. I, I'll say that. You, you just have to remove... Uh, well, remove is the wrong word. You've got to compartmentalize ego. Um, there's something about having a little bit of an ego that builds a lot of creative confidence and knowing that, you know, like, hey, I'm willing to take some creative risk. I don't need 45 minutes at sunset to great take great photos, yeah. um, but I need the right five minutes at the right place and the right sunset. So like, get me there, right? There's a little bit of confidence that has to go into it. But removing ego from relationships uh, allows those relationships to have depth. And uh, and it was a really special, yeah. So I, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it ego. does. It absolutely does. You know, in the last few years, and this is shifting a little bit now, we've seen kind of the growth of, uh, you know, of, of photography in general, right? We've seen how three rolls of film can be $75 or <laughs> like film mm-hmm. photography. And, and I know a lot yeah. of young people um, in my family even who are they're buying film cameras and I, I love seeing it because at a minimum it's they're opening up a creative part of themselves that they didn't even know probably existed, right? What what do you think is like the biggest are some of the biggest issues like plaguing creatives nowadays, right? So so obviously we know like imposter syndrome. I had someone say that to me the other day. What's that? Like they didn't actually know and but but yet they they're guilty of it so much as we all are at times, right? But what are some of the things that you see? You know, people are even shooting with their mobile phone. It's great. I, I love it. That's a that's a great gateway, right? But what are some of the things that are plaguing creatives? And I guess what I'm getting at is some people who might be getting into wedding photography or videography or certain types of photography now, what would you tell them to maybe avoid so that two, three, five years down the road, they're still doing it with passion, love, and grace, right? What, what would what be some things that, hey, I, I would tell so-and-so avoid this or focus on this you just said right now about the 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 connection with people and foregoing the ego and stuff but what are some other things you might add to to budding creators man i i mean finding ways to get outside of uh, and getting above comparison as as rapidly Mm. as possible i mean i i could draw so many different correlations from from other industries of how unhealthy that is. Um, you know, imagine, imagine if you were passionate about, um, about cooking. Imagine if you went to culinary school and, and you came out on the other, other end with just dreams of being a chef. And your first job was just for a fast food restaurant, flipping burgers. And you allowed the fast food restaurant across the street to make you feel insecure about the fact that your burger flipping wasn't as good as their burger flipping. And all you've done in that process is forget all of the education that took you there. 
You know, like your, your goal wasn't to, wasn't to settle into fast food anyway, right? Like you wanted to be a chef, you wanted to create art and yet the commoditization of an industry makes you feel insecure. And, uh, and so you further uh, commoditize yourself. You, you, you take yourself from being an artist and um, you know, a visionary and somebody with this creative integrity down to being a glorified camera operator. Mm-hmm. And, and then we end up with words like content creator, right? And <laughs> it, one of the most beautiful things that is happening to the photo industry at large right now ironically, is the shrinking of social media. Mm. Um, because as people find less and less joy in social media and can further understand how inauthentic parts of that, you know, that platform um, or more like that angle of society are, people are more aware of the value of like beautifully created art. And hence, hence the reason things that you just said, right? Like people are buying films again. Are they taking great photos with it? Maybe, probably not. Um, are they paying too much for it? Absolutely. Uh, will they hang with it? Maybe, but probably not. Um, but what, what happens here is you end up with people who, who get back to the intentionality of creating because it, it's a part, it's just a core part of their ethos as a character. And, and that's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's a remarkable thing. And so to like answer your question, just as blunt as I possibly can be, if you're willing to let somebody else affect the value of your self perception of your work um, without even knowing that person, you know, if, if you're, if you're feeling inadequate because of doom scrolling through social media, or you know, seeing bad advertising or over photoshopped work or, or you know, whatever, it, it, whatever reason. The problem, and I'm gonna say this slow because it's gonna hit hard and I hope people hear it. The problem isn't them, it's you. Mm. And that's hard, that's hard to say because immediately you're trying to resolve that problem by creating better work and higher levels of work and getting more followers and more clout and all of that stuff, but it doesn't fix the problem because the problem isn't getting better. The problem is that you don't feel adequate just in who you are as a creative. And so you've got to solve for that long before you're willing to compare yourself to other creatives who may be just significantly more secure in who they are than you are right now. Oof, that's, that's going to hit certain people, uh, hard to hear that but but maybe I'm gonna only, get some hate mail from that yeah one. well maybe maybe only for a little bit because if they're honest with themselves and we all have to be uh maybe they're gonna realize that every word of that is true um and the minute that they you know accept that they'll be better for it you you kind of shared some stuff on on social media recently I know a few weeks back and when when this actually airs it'll be a, even a few more weeks back there were certain people that um and these these posts got a lot of likes about Instagram being Instagram again, remember? And and don't don't do the reels thing. And 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 this like, what's your general thought on specifically Instagram? Because you mentioned Instagram earlier. I, I I'm sure you get a lot of work from Instagram. I'm sure you do. I, I know we do. Um, so it's a blessing and a curse. It, but it, it's again, it's like any social media platform. It's how you treat it, right? But what are your thoughts on things? Kind of now now that the actual head of Instagram actually came out and said, yeah, we're going to scale things down a bit. Um, we haven't forgot about you photographers and so on. W- what's your thoughts on that? Because it's a platform that 
a lot of us have even met on. That's how I met you on that platform, right? Mm-hmm. So it's there's a lot of good that comes out of it. But what are your general thoughts on it and maybe the next the next year or so on Instagram? Yeah, so let me preface my answer here um, by just breaking for long enough to say, if you'll click down into the show notes of this uh, this episode, I'm going to add a link to an interview that I did a couple of years ago with my friend Ben Hartley in the Six Figure Photographer podcast, um, where we talked about how to utilize social media in general in a really healthy way. Mm. Uh, and we leveraged this concept of like finding and creating relationships in your inbox, uh, that have nothing to do with analytics or um, or you know algorithms uh, or insights or likes or followers or or any of that stuff, but utilizing the inbox as a way to connect with people that you otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to connect with. Um, I think that that is a, a beautiful answer to this question. Um, simply by saying Instagram has opened the door, um, but as has Facebook, you know, before it and and just Meta in general has opened the door for people to build relationships anywhere in the world uh, via just a couple of clicks. It's the way that uh, you know Igor Demba and I have become friends. It's the way that Tom Wright and I have been, become friends. You know, they're both in the UK. It's the yeah. way um, that, uh, that Ryan um, and the narrative crew that are all in Australia and I have become friends and Mark Edmund that's in the Gold Coast. And you know, there, there are people all over the world that have connected. But the thing that has connected us hasn't been liking and commenting on each other's work. It has been building relationships uh, via direct message. Yeah, and that isn't going away. You know, like that that stuff is too powerful, um, and the world is is literally being changed uh, in inboxes in right now. Industries are being adjusted and shifted in inboxes. Now that being said. Let me answer this as, as blunt as I possibly can. I'm not going to say factually that, um, you know, like George Lucas is more talented than Sam Colder. Right. I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to say this. George is not designing Star Wars films for Instagram. <laughs> and Sam Colder is not designing reels for movie theaters and and so it's okay for you to to create reels it's okay for you to do what you love and to be creative within the confines of you know creative structure that that other you know everybody has a canvas that we have to paint on right um and that's an okay thing to get good at that but what i will say is this if it doesn't bring you joy I said this in, in my platform speech the other day, you know, most of us are doing something that we hate, trying to connect to people that we love, hoping that they will hate the same things that we do. <laughs> and that, that just I, doesn't make sense. Hopefully someone rewinds that sentence you just said, because there's so much truth there. That, that's, that's like social Yeah, well, media let me say it today. again. That's the state of social media today. <laughs> yeah, so what, I'll, say, I'll say it one more time. Most of us are doing things that we hate, trying to connect with people that we love, who somehow we just hope hate the same things that we do. <laughs> it just makes absolutely no sense. So if you, if you just loathe creating reels, but you're doing it to connect you with potential clients who hopefully will laugh when you're on a shoot with them at the fact that you loathe creating reels, what? Yeah, that's just twisted. That's like, beyond twisted. It's not, you know, so do something intentionally 
with purpose mm-hmm. out of your creativity and find ways to share that intentionality with people who can appreciate it. And so if you're the type of person like Reggie, man, Reggie loves making reels, bro, go at it, do yeah. it, enjoy it. Ben Hartley, he is hilarious and he loves making reels. And you know what? His community has has rallied around him and scaled exponentially because he is never out of ideas. I release a reel when I'm inspired to do so. Yeah. And these days, social media as a whole has become, it's become my inbox. It's a place where I say like, hey, yeah, I might, I might post your image or maybe, I don't know, I'll probably blog it. But you know what? If you want to reach me quickly, just DM me. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, that's great. Miles, I, I did want to shift and, and talk about kind of like your health, your health patterns and your health habits, because this is huge. Um, so you're a runner. You're, you're on course to easily hit. You're going to hit a thousand miles this, this year, if not more. Right. You are. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if we're being real, that's a goal for me as well. And I'm a little behind you, but I'm probably a lot behind you, but I'm getting there. And let's talk about that for a second. Like it, not just from a photography perspective as a dad, right. As, as a young father of, of two boys and you've got a wife who, who works her butt off and who's always on that Peloton too. Cause we see it on the stories. That's awesome. Talk to us like yeah. how important is that? And, and, and what would you say to people who maybe are not as active as they could be right now? Um, what words would you tell them? Because, uh, I think that's so important. That's, that's actually the most important thing. If I, I read somewhere and, and heard this, if you want to improve your life, the, the quickest, most efficient, most effective way today is to, to exercise. Like that's the fastest way to improve. Well, what are you talking about your life? Well, in general, your, your body, your, your soul, your spirit, your, your insides. Talk to us about that, your, your health habits, what's important, what are you doing most of? Is, is, it, is it running? Is it you know, body weight stuff. What are you doing? Like, I'd love to know that. I'm sure there's other listeners that would love that because that's practical stuff. Ah, man, great question. I'm, I'm flattered um, <laughs> that, that people keep up this. Maybe I am oversharing. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm a runner. I'm a recent runner, though. I mean, I, I've said that in a lot of different podcasts because it's become like a central part of like my life now. But prior to uh, the pandemic, um, it was not. Actually, I, I had never run, I had never even run a 5K uh, it, as a formality, I'm not talking a race. I'm just meaning it, like in, as a single distance. I had never set out to run a 5K prior to um, 2020. Wait, and, is that? But is I, that, I've is been it a, that short. That it, 2020, really? Yeah. I, I know you picked. Yeah, it, like that's right. Got, it's very true. But that's just like that's two years ago, man. That's insane. Because now yeah. you're you're busting out like long runs here, and this is crazy. Yeah, it, it was. It, we're getting close to 3,000 miles ago since I started this wow. whole this whole journey, but. Um, but I started simply because I'd, I'd had a personal trainer for years and, and uh, very, you know, very like health oriented just in general. Um, and then, you know, the pandemic hit and my gym closed and I didn't know what to do with all this like angsty energy. And I realized, you know, I, for some reason, I it turns out I was actually right, but I didn't have any like scientific backing to this. But I just felt as though it's got to be the healthiest thing that I can do for myself right now to just be outside in the sun. Mm. I just I, I can't imagine you know, the whole world is, is locking themselves inside their homes. And it just feels as though like the first thing that's going to go for people is, is their mental health. Mm-hmm. It, that's just got to be the first thing that's going to go. And so what I realized is that I, you know, as a kid, I had child, I had asthma pretty, pretty bad as a kid. And this is an illness that's affecting people's lungs. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I, gosh, I, I've got, I've got two boys and, and a wife and, uh, and a couple of businesses. I've got 
far too much going on in my life to worry about a cough being the thing that takes me out. Mm. And so I'm like, well, what, what am I going to do? How do I get healthy? And so what I realized in a hurry was learning better deep breathing exercises and more cardiovascular exercise just in general would be probably great for me. And again, I didn't have any like science behind that. I just, it just was a rational response to, to the stress, to the anxiety. And what I realized though, is like after those first, uh, let's call it the first 20 runs were pretty hard mm. and, and they were pretty difficult for me mentally. But, but once I realized that I could, like I actually could run, even though early on it was like, I'm gonna go run for a mile and I'm not gonna stop until I get done with this mile. And it, it, this isn't me running fast, it was just like a shuffle, right? But once I realized it, it started to equate like everything else in my life has in the sense that like, you know, I, I can be on creatively for a 10 hour wedding day. I can sit down and edit 500 images in a row that I'm proud of. I, I can be disciplined about my diet. I can't like, I can do those things. Just sometimes they're uncomfortable and the run was uncomfortable. Uh, and so I leaned into that and was just like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna see where this takes me. Uh, and it wasn't long before I was kind of hooked. Yeah. And so anyway, that being said, I, I totally agree with you in the sense that I've kind of gone on this like weird evangelism kick with telling creatives. Like, I don't know how this works. I guarantee there's science behind it, but I don't know how this works. But if you're battling creative fatigue, fatigue isn't something that your body compartmentalizes. It's just fatigue. Right. So if you're, if you're feeling struggle creatively, it's probably because you're, you're overexerting in some areas. And maybe you just need to go out and like go for a long walk and get some sun. Hmm. Or like if you are handling these things that you just feel angsty all the time, like maybe it's adrenal fatigue. Maybe you're drinking too much caffeine. Maybe you're dehydrated. I don't know. But maybe if you just started by saying like, hey, I'm just going to focus on getting a little healthier today, mm-hmm. that, that you, would, you would start to see some progress. And what I've realized um, you know, over the last few years, I was a personal trainer and a dietitian for a long time, actually. That's like another life. Right. But, but what I've realized is when I aligned my brand and my art, let's, let's use that as a, as a better um, launch point for this conversation, not my brand, but when I aligned my creativity mm. with a healthy lifestyle, um, the output was healthier all the way around. You felt it. You saw it. And right? I just had... Yeah, and I just have a healthy perspective on what good is. You know, I know what my good work is. I know uh, this being a perfect example. I had a I had a six fifteen sunrise elopement this morning. Yeah, I saw that. That looked beautiful. Uh, and so, <laughs> man, five thirty the alarm went off. But here's what I messed up, guys. Like, I'm I'm happy to say this stuff these days. So I went on a long run yesterday, and then I took my kid to play laser tag yesterday. And I didn't drink enough water yesterday and I got too tired. And then I had a really late night, giant glass of wine with my wife last night. And then I only got like five hours of sleep. Mm. And I woke up this morning and, and I, was, I was kicking myself. I'm like, you know, if I would have handled yesterday better, I would be handling today better. Um, and instead I'm like foggy and a little tired. I don't feel super creatively sure. inspired. I, I'm struggling just even putting like the memory cards in the camera. I'm having to check and recheck and make sure that, you know, I've got everything correct and formatted right. And I was just in a brain fog. And so that would be my big advice for people just in general. It's like, you know, you're the way you handle tomorrow is largely going to be based on how you're handling today. So just make like 
healthier decisions all the way around. And some of that can be going back to how we started. You don't have to have the end in mind. Everybody always wants to say, well, what's your goal? Well, I want to lose 60 pounds, but that seems like a lot. Well, how about you just lose a pound this week? Yeah. How about you, you run, know, run like, down the street? Let's just lose a pound this week. And, yeah. 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 And just make just make a, like a little bit of progress. Right. Uh, you know, like re- replace one unhealthy meal with one healthy meal. Yeah. And then like collect some data. Do you feel better afterwards or not? I love that. So I love that. I'd, I'd like to do some uh, some rapid fire here. Just a few. Um, that you know, just go uh, off the top. I'm not good at rapid. I talk too much. <laughs> yeah, and and I like that, and that's why I wanted to change the pace here, and then end with a very specific question. But here in Michigan, it's still very hot, very warm, very humid. I, I'm not even going to talk about Arkansas. I'm sure it's the same, but it is August, and by the time this podcast is released, it'll be mid-August, and with that means the changing of the seasons, right? Uh, what are you looking forward yeah. to with the changing of the seasons? Because when school starts, to me, mentally, summer's done, <laughs> right? Um, it's still probably temperature-wise yep. warm enough to be summer. But with specifically with the changing of the seasons, I don't know if that means more or less weddings. Or There's certainly a different feel. The light's a little bit different. What is one thing in particular you're looking forward to? It can be work-related, health-related, family-related. What do you look forward to with the changing of the upcoming season? Oh man, let me give you a couple really quick. So my my little guy's birthday was last week. My wife's birthday is in October. My big guy's birthday is in November. I'm a sucker for like I just love celebrating. Oh, I love that. Um, I love that. And so I've got those things coming up that I'm looking forward to. I love the fact that for the first time in my whole career, I don't have to deal with daylight savings time this year. Go. That's a um, a big refreshing yeah, change it. of life. In you know, general. you know how many people are listening yeah, cool. to this right now are going, "Oh, I didn't realize that." <laughs> Because I I just did that. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, that's crazy. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah, it's that so is so rad good... that I don't have to like change my whole life. Doesn't have to like one morning I wake up and realize, oh my gosh, all of my shoots are scheduled wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so so that that I um, I'm looking forward to a little break in the heat and uh, and to be able to go explore some things. It, it, listen, Arkansas with heat and humidity comes snakes and ticks. Yeah, uh, and I'm kind of a city boy. And by kind of, I mean like, ugh, I hate that stuff with a passion. So once the temperatures drop, I get wake way more. Everybody else comes inside. They're like, it's cold and nasty out there. I'm like, guys, it's finally hiking season because it's freezing and all of the creepy crawly exactly. stuff is gone. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I like all the stuff, man. I just, I, I love, it's important to me to live in a place where we get four seasons just because I am perpetually excited for what comes next. And um, yeah, so fall will Same. be here, and uh, and Melismica will be here, and and that's yeah. People that have been following me for very long know that that's I celebrate my wife's birthday for an entire week. Um, she gets gifts <laughs> every single day for a whole week, and, it, and it's like then I spend like six months and, shopping for this stuff, but I love it. So and and that portion of the podcast, please delete to help all the husbands listening and wives. <laughs> That's good. It's good advice, man. man it's she's tough, so patient. She deals with so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. like That's great, man. Boy, I love she, hearing she, that. She puts up with so much. Right now, right now, the office is closed and I'm like, you know, hey, I realized I was gone shooting an elopement all morning and yep. then, you know, was busy and then got home flustered and stressed. And by the way, I've got to go lock myself in, in my office. So take care of the kids and the dog yeah, even yeah, more. Yeah. You know, I mean, she puts up with so much. Give me, so. a, give me a great book you've read recently or are reading currently, something that, that comes to mind or something great that you've read recently. 
man, I go through seasons with reading. And so I'm going to say this. Uh, That's actually not true. I I need to be more specific. I actually rarely read anything. I go through seasons of listening to audio. That counts. Um, Yeah. Well, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be blunt enough to say it's 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 been a season of podcasts mm. for me, um, and so I, I haven't been I haven't been investing lately in in audiobooks. So that's a horrible answer. Wait, now I'm convicted. No, no. Um, I need I need to go find something. Maybe you can refer me to something that I need to get yeah. on. Are you a, are you um, a big uh, yeah? I, are you a big learner from YouTube? I find YouTube to be a pretty polished platform. Are you big on that? Uh, obviously, you can. You can do it. Feels like four years of college in fifty minutes on YouTube, right? I mean, you know how YouTube's pretty polished platform. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? Do you do you? Is that a go to? And I because I, I ask because for some things it is right. Uh, and I'm not talking about posing tips. I'm talking about technical stuff or a- anything. But you, YouTube has yeah, the, like can, how to change yeah. your lawnmower blade. That's where yeah, I. That's like where I, I show up. Yeah, <laughs> right, uh, right. that's where I show do up on you YouTube. Utilize I, that platform. I. I, I I actually try to. These are two questions in a row. I'm bad. I actually try to avoid YouTube. Um, I just wow. I I'm feeling really weird right now. I the re, the single reason why is because I get so uh, caught up in like the what else is like this video, mm. right? And so for instance, like the other day, um, there's a new running <laughs> shoe uh, on on Cloud just released a new running shoe called the Monster. Right? It's not new, but like now it's actually like available on the market, and. The other day, I was just curious. I'm like, man, what are the reviews on this thing? Because if you're a runner, you know that on-cloud shoes are like the worst thing that have ever been created. But for some reason, they're super cool looking. And so I want them <laughs> to be rad. And they finally yeah. have a shoe that's right. And I got, I just chased this rabbit way too far. Nice. But nice. I ended up uh, watching like seven reviews. But here's my thing with YouTube is you can find anything that you want. So I think I literally Googled like great reviews for the on cloud monster and it was like only people they were like this is you know god's gift to shoes i'm sure if i was looking for more unbiased responses i could find them i love that uh, anyway no, that's so good. yeah dude i not enough books lately and not not very much youtube no no that's i don't that's, I, that's totally man i find my community my people are in photoco yeah that's man. where i chill that's awesome no that's that's a great answer and that's honest answer because you do show up there a lot and that's that's true so we know that's true tell me somewhere you've loved that you visited recently um that just stand it could be a week ago it could be a day ago uh, somewhere you've really enjoyed and and why Ah, oh, okay. Nah, this one I got. Okay. So my wife and I's favorite little corner to like escape to is, uh, is Santa Rosa, yes. Florida. Um, I know you and I were texting back and forth yes. while we were there. It's like, it's like this perfectly happy little, now that I say this, well, I don't really have that big a reach. It's not like there's going to be an exodus, but there's like this quiet little sleepy corner between Destin and Rosemary and Seaside and all of that. And it's called Santa Rosa. And it's like it's it's my I didn't, I didn't realize so I got to take my I didn't family. It was that close to Seaside. That's awesome. We love Seaside. So you're you're speaking truth. That whole general area. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it's just it's on 30A. It's like a it's just this like beautiful near Grayton Beach near. I mean, it's hard to explain where it is because it's like if you blink you miss it. Um, but it it's I, I had this sort of odd moment I was laying in bed next to my wife um, a few a few maybe like six weeks ago and I looked over and gosh she just looked tired and I, I don't mean that, that in a like derogatory way she just looked wiped she just looked exhausted and and I looked over and I said hey we're, we're headed to Florida in a couple of weeks let's find a place oh, quick yeah. and she said are you crazy yeah. and I was yes, like yes a little 
no, we, we got to go. And yeah, maybe. So I, I just, I looked at my calendar and I just happened to have, um, actually cooler story. I had a wedding that, um, I hate to be this guy, but we're all in the industry. Let's just call it. I had a wedding that got canceled. Mm. And at the time, that's like this massive heartbreaking moment, right? One, because it's a lot of lost income, but two, because you just feel bad for these people that are going through a lot. And anyway, so it was still my calendar. And I was like, man, I don't have a free weekend forever. And then I looked at this weekend and I was like, actually, I do have one free weekend. And so uh, sad for that couple that the wedding didn't work out, but but it allowed me to steal my family away for a week. So it was was really special. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Give us some, some, you know, everyone has their preferences with brands. We know what brand of camera you shoot with. uh, you, you mentioned OnCloud. How you, that's by the way the OnCloud Monster. Monster. That's a great name for like any product. You know that's good. Uh, I mean that it's just not it's not some numbers uh, acronyms and letters, right? It's it's actually really cool. Give us some mm-hmm. brands that you love that you're like, hey, uh, I I like what they stand for. I like what they are. Uh, I use these regularly. Um, just some brands you love. I'm yeah, I, I like this stuff because um, there's brands that I like, whether it's clothing or things we use every day. I mean. And, and, you know, how they make you feel when you use them. I mean, I know a lot of people here in the States uh, are iPhone users, and I ask them, well, why do you use an iPhone? Because most of the world uses Android. And it's usually how it makes me feel, mm-hmm. right? It's easy to use and all the cliche stuff. But g- give us some brands you love that contribute positively to your life and, and why you like them. Cool. Okay, let's go. I'll, I'll go quick with this. Uh, I am an avid believer in built teams, oh, yeah. um, built basics just B- in general. B-Y-L-T, I like built, pretty right? much... B-Y-L-T. Yeah, BYLT. It's just, I just love them. And guys, if you're not comfortable paying like $40 for a t shirt, you will be. It's worth it. Just get it. Um, I wish I had a discount code for them. I don't, but I, uh, but I, but a lot of the stuff I do. Uh, but I, I just love Bill. I love their pants. I love the shorts. I love their shirts. I also have recently decided I kind of like cuts yeah. as well. I'm wearing a cuts oh, t shirt right cuts. now, actually. It's just different. I actually, I'll be honest enough to say, I don't think it's actually made as well as Bill, but it's, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Um, I like cuts. I like studio headphones and I'm a nut, an absolute nut about sound quality. Um, and, uh, studio S U D I O. You've shared uh, those this, on like, your Instagram, I believe it's certainly on your story. Mm-hmm. I think you did some product photography for them and it wasn't just them pitching you to do product photography. You actually use their stuff. Yeah. It's this rad, like Scandinavian company. It's like the Volvo of headphones. They just, it's very minimalist and very clean. They actually did initially, full disclosure, they reached out to me initially as to do some influence work for them. And I kind of rolled my eyes and was like, yeah, sure. And then I got these things in and I, I unapologetically, I wrote them back and was like, these are, they're amazing. Like, th- thank you. Genuinely, like, thank, thank you for, well, how are you going to pay me to, I love them. So since then I've gotten several other pairs in different styles and everything. I love studio headphones. Um, I... Uh, I love my Jeep. Yeah. That's sort of a new thing for me. I bought a uh, a Jeep 4xE Rubicon, and having an electric Jeep is super cool. And now it's like all, I, I'm the type of guy that like everything goes too fast, too far. So now it's like I've got the cool bar doors on it and the lift yeah. and the cool tires and all the stuff because I couldn't help it. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the tie bar. I'm a nut job about their accessories, their shirts, all that stuff. Beckett, Simon & Shoes are like my favorite. Um, I just think that their stuff is, is really cool. I run in Nike Invincible shoes and everything that I run in comes from um, this really special family-owned running store. Um, 
in uh, in Bentonville, Arkansas, called Rush Running, and uh, and they are just God, they're so knowledgeable and super cool. Uh, they've been really encouraging to me for forever. I'm absolutely an Apple user. Uh, I will drink any kind of delicious bourbon as long as it's not in a plastic <laughs> bottle. And what am I forgetting? I'm looking around. Hold oh, fast here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Hold fast here. Oh, duh. Obviously. I'm a nut job. And our new straps. I you haven't, I don't think you've have seen one up close, close yet. But I, I, from the oh, pictures, no. it looks, they look beautiful. Goodness. We, we took it. I mean, I, I, I want to say, I say we as though I had much to do with it. I helped with the design and stuff. But the reality is like Matt Swagger took his own product and perfected it and then stamped my <laughs> name on it. I don't know how I convinced right. him to do that, uh, but it's they're perfect. Yeah. Obviously, Fujifilm. Uh, I'm a big fan of Archipelago presets. I love narrative. Um, gosh, yeah. you know, we could just well, go, and sure, go and go I'm and go. Sure Square Muse, some, uh, Pick Time. I'm sure there like, were some people right now listening <laughs> so. that are, are noting some of this stuff, right? Like, Because I'm sure you get the question a lot on Instagram, yeah. what, what, what presets do you use, right? Like, I asked you that years back, and you've been big on Archipelago mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and uh and so on. So some of those I'm sure will hit with some people. So that's cool to get an insight into that. It tells you a little bit about a person, what they like using and why I love that. Um, I, I want to end with this, just kind of a, kind of a wrap up question. And it's kind of related to the changing of the seasons question that I had earlier, but two, two part, what are you looking forward to next? What are you looking forward to next? Um, and, and with the end in mind, with the end in mind, what, what do you hope that, that your, your work or your impact in, in this kind of community, and I say photo call, but also like your Instagram friends and, and followers and stuff, what, what do you hope to, to leave behind? That's like a, that's a really loaded legacy question. You can have an hour episode on that alone, but what are you looking forward to next? You know, if it's seasonally, if it's with the family, it's, you know, what are you looking forward to if it's professionally? Um, and, and what's what mark do you hope to, to leave behind as as miles you know from a photography perspective or personal but what's what what do you look forward to next uh, yeah so first first answer uh, Dave great question all these have been so so well said man um, yeah. you're really good at that. you honestly nah, should probably have your own nah. podcast <laughs> um, um, or maybe just be a, a frequent <laughs> guest on here um, as a as an interviewer because this is really special. Um, okay, so in in twenty twenty rolling into twenty twenty one, I've told this story a handful of times, but um, I had this sort of identity crisis, and I held it pretty close because I didn't want it to get out of hand. Sometimes I, I think that people that are very emotional, like I am, they uh, allow their emotions to start having emotions. I'm sure that's probably there's probably a psychological mm. term there, but um, but they they start having secondary feelings. I uh, we actually this is a, an interesting sidebar here, but um, at church last week our, our pastor said this, and I'd never thought about this before. But he said that fear is a secondary emotion. I'd never thought about that. Like you're never afraid first; you're always afraid of something. Oof. Um, so you have an emotion, and then that emotion triggers fear, whether that's startle or anxiety or um, shock or, or whatever it is, but fear is a secondary emotion. You can choose to not have secondary emotions. You can't typically choose to not have, you know, that first level. Anyway, that I digress. But I I had found my almost my entire identity as a brand, as a creative, as just an individual, 
in this group of people that we called uh, the Photographic Collective. And it was the, at that point, it was the Miles Whit Boyer Photographic Collective. And it was, it was my team. Um, it, was, it was names that everybody in here knows because they've all been guests. They're all good friends. It was Max, it was Jared and, and, and Justin and Brandon. And, um, and one by one, everybody for completely their own reasons and really great reasons, but one by one, everybody realized it was time for a change uh. of season that they had been working for me for anywhere from, you know, six to 10 years at that point. And there was just sort of this uh, mourning that came from that, where I felt as though I just, um, I didn't know who I really was or what I was offering anymore. I, I felt like I had grown this really large business with a lot of dollar signs behind it. And, and then suddenly I was just sort of left, um, just me and Jared. And, and I say that almost as though it was a, uh, like a, a negative thing, but at the time it was, a, it was a concern. And so when I say just me and Jared, I mean that. It was like, okay, it's, it's just Jared left. And then you know what I realized as, I know he's gonna listen to this because he edits these podcasts. What I realized is this is the most beautiful opportunity for me to make some intentional changes in how I'm going to run the next season uh-huh. of my life. Because I had spent about 10 years pouring into these guys and and we saw a lot of successes and we, we, we accomplished a lot of powerful things. But you know what I needed is I needed a single wingman, somebody that just believed in me. And suddenly just Jared became, thank God it's Jared. Uh, and so what I'm looking forward to next, no, I know that's that was great. long-winded, that's... Dave, but what I'm looking forward, no, you know, I felt like I needed well, to give actually, a context. Miles, I, I said this to, looking... to my wife, like full disclosure, I've never said this to you, but like, I've noticed this shift, right? Where I, and you've talked about this, where you said that these people have shifted on to their next thing in their life. But I never put it together as to why. That was one of the reasons that you were very intentional about pouring more into PhotoCo. I never put that together. I just figured that, oh, it just so happened to happen at the same time. I didn't know that for you personally. This is me finding out a, a genuine answer to the question because I didn't know the answer. That's why I asked. And now other people know too. It's like that all aligned. And instead of you sulking about that, or you just kind of said, well, how am I going to, what am I going to do next? What makes sense? What's the best thing to do next, right? When you're not sure what to do, how about just continue pouring into even more people like I've done for the past six to 10 years, right? Um, so I didn't realize, I, I didn't put two and we two together. We just opened, we, we opened yeah. the floodgates. Yeah, we opened the floodgates there and we just said, you know, okay, so from, from, from a me perspective, just as an individual professional, like what is Miles looking forward to next? Well, what I'm looking forward to next is a 2023 where for the very first time in, in you know, over 10 years, realistically, my calendar is filled with very, um, and I, I don't say this is like in a braggy way, but very high dollar mm-hmm. events. People are paying me more money than they've ever paid me. Even when I had a huge team behind me, People are paying me more money than they've ever paid me to show up and do a job that I know that I can do and I'm uniquely talented, uniquely positioned to do as an artist. And I've got my wingman that's willing to step in behind me and say like, man, I got you, let's go. Now, that allows me though the space to then take PhotoCo, the second part of your question, but to take PhotoCo and say, you know, hey, it's no longer the Miles Whit Boyer Photographic Collective. Now, 
it's a true community that was built with the right intentions, but I'd been clipping the wings on it mm. for years. And I'd been, I'd been sucking it in and putting my name on it and saying, it's all about me, but now it's not anymore. It's, it's, it's about y'all. It's about the people that like listen to this, that plug into this. It's about the ways that we can all encourage and engage in each other. And, and, uh, and so that's what's yeah. coming is, is intentional decisions to where we scale and grow our, our reach, our effect, our community, and a vision that isn't like this weird, you know, cult following of an individual, but instead it's a, uh, a, a rational and realistic and healthy approach to being a creative in yeah, the 2020s. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I, I think that, that gave me more insight than I expected to hear because I, I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know the first part to that question. I didn't know when you, when you said that, it just clicked to me and, and I've known you for a little bit now. Um, so that, that's really encouraging to hear. Um, Miles Whit Boyer, uh, a guest on your own podcast. Um, I hope it's not the last time and I hope it's not the last time we're hearing kind of you solo um, sharing your honest heart, your thoughts, your ideas, your observations with us because we're all better for it. Um, I feel like I'm better for this hour plus that we've shared together. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for always being transparent, being real, being honest. Um, this is what this is what people need to hear more of. And uh, I, I'm glad that I pressed you on it of who's going to interview you. I'm glad that it came up in our conversations because uh, because I meant it then and I'm, I'm glad you did it now. So thank you. It means so much. Man, Dave, I, I'm so grateful for 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 you know, the intention on it that you've been in my life and, uh, and the opportunity, you know, I feel, I feel, um, vulnerable of course, but I feel safe, uh, in conversations with you being willing to say, uh, you know, to, to all of our listeners and, and talk about some of the hard stuff, you know, and, and, uh, and dig into the things that we can all celebrate as well. Um, and I'm just really grateful that, that you, um, have always been such an encouraging person and such a like healthy approach, um, to, to me in general and my brand and, and, uh, and then, you know, through, through both Photoco and, and now this podcast. And I genuinely, I'm, I'm not kidding when I said, I'd love to have you um, more engaged and more involved here. I think that um, both, you know, on, on my uh, platform as well as, you know, maybe even over and communicating with Brandon over on the other podcast, there's just, yeah. there's a lot here. Uh, it's amazing that how that, really all, that all happens so um, quickly, guys, even with Brandon. I mean, because he's full of knowledge to it. I just love seeing him him expand with his, his the podcast as well. It's just it's just amazing. It can be done, guys. Just pour your heart into it. It can be done. Yeah. You guys that, that are still listening, uh, whether I, we actually may split this. Uh, now it's 90 minutes long, <laughs> so we may split this episode up into two, but it Hey, if you've made it this far, can I just tell you genuinely, like, thank you for, for the, the period of time that you've invested uh, into to listening to my heart and to listening to Dave, um, you know, create space uh, for, for my answers and my opinions. And, um, you know, you guys mean a lot to me. I know I've talked about a lot of different brands and a lot of different, um, you know, things uh, throughout the, the course of this episode. I do want to be really clear. Um, and say like, as we start to implement advertisements and stuff like that uh, on, this ad on this podcast, it's important to me that nothing that we interrupt or nothing that we break uh, the flow of these podcasts with interferes with the value that you're getting. And so here we are at the end of the episode and I want to just reiterate one more time um, that, uh, that if you guys would like to, 
you're welcome to head over to bedfords.com. There's a link in the show notes, bedfords.com. Use the coupon code MWB for a discount on literally anything, whether that is bands, uh, I'm sorry, uh, brands that I don't (laughs) typically recognize or support, whether that's bags, uh, whether it's whatever, lighting, anything that you can dream up uh, that you would buy from a photo retailer, hard drives and memory cards, everything you can get a discount on right now with the uh, coupon code MWB. And just a huge shout out to Bedford's uh, for the opportunity to just be such a big part of y'all's culture over the last 15 years. Thank you for offering me your platform at uh, at one of your biggest conferences. It was a a true honor. Dave, also thank you, dude, for for opening this space and, and always creating a safe place for me to to speak and just treating this whole thing with so much respect and so much care. Absolutely, uh, man. Yeah. It was my that's, honor. That's Thank what you I so got. Much. Thank you for everyone who followed along and listened and uh, hope you got something valuable out of it. Some insight into uh, a true talent creative in our, in our space. So super grateful. Appreciate your friendship, man. All right, y'all. This has been the Photographic Collective Podcast. I'm Miles with Boyer. Today we had a special guest uh, narrator or host, I guess, uh, David Kovacs with us. Episode 40. We did it. Here's the kickoff to season four, and he didn't even know it. Go have a great week. Thank you.